Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. Our next guest is a serial entrepreneur. He has opened several businesses within this last year in the city of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. One of the businesses is Good Brothers Book Cafe. He has a combined coffee shop and bookstore as the first Black-owned cafe of its kind in Pennsylvania. He's a lifelong resident of Harrisburg. As a family man and a father of five great Black boys, he decided to plant his roots in Harrisburg and uplift his community. He volunteers his time coaching the junior high school wrestling team and a local youth basketball team. He also offers up his time to read to the children in his community, all the while running his local businesses. His goal is to educate the youth through his bookstore, teaching them English literacy and even financial literacy. Let's welcome today, Mr. Stefan Hawkins. Stefan, how you doing today, sir? What's going on, man? How you doing, Mr. G? <laughs> doing good, sir. Doing good, man. Doing good. <laughs> yeah, actually, I came across your uh, Good Brothers Bookstore Cafe uh, through reading an article, man, and it did identify that, you know, you were the first of your kind, man, Black-owned coffee. Yeah, and, and, and Central PA. And Central PA. And cent- Central and Central PA. Yeah, sometimes people be thinking I'm the only one in PA. There's there's one in Philly that, like, people think Philly, like, not attached to Pennsylvania. So <laughs> they, they treat it like it's D.C., like it's his own territory. So there's one in Philly, then there's me. So it's two of us. It's two gotcha. of us. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. They do the same thing? Yeah, they do. They're, they're, they do coffee and books. Now, they don't do coffee how we do it, but their book collection is bigger than ours. Their space is bigger than ours to offer books. So they're more like bookstore, coffee shop. We're like coffee shop, bookstore, You know if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like we, we specialize in coffee, but we, all, but we offer black literature. Gotcha. Why? Yeah. So then you are, you technically are the first of your kind. We could say that, you know? <laughs> yeah, you can say that. You can say that if you word it that way. Yeah, if you yes, word it sir. that way, I'm the first. All right. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so I know you have a very unique story, man. And again, we, we always like to start from the beginning, man. Start from yeah. the school days, you know, before you got the shop. I know you got a couple of shops and uh, a couple of business ventures that you're doing and things planning for, yeah. uh, in the future and everything. Yeah. But let's let's go back in time. man. How, how did this whole thing all start, man? What was your schooling experience like? I know you were, you're big into the financial literacy. You do a lot yeah. with the kids in the community. You do a lot yeah. with the kids in the schools. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So where did all that come from for you to have that ideology that, you know, the kids are important and the literacy is important and going back into the schools and the kids in the community? Like, what was your schooling experience like? And uh, what was your experience like growing up in Harrisburg? Uh, school-wise, well, first I'm going to say, I'm more like Jay-Z, man. I'm a hustler, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, mean, I just want people to know. And then where I've been, that's where I'm about to go. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing back memories right now. Yeah, you know. Like, that's how I started, though. That's where it started at. That yes, verse. Sir. That verse. You know what I mean? H to the O-V. Used to move snow slate by the O-Z. You know what I mean? But still, 
But uh, schooling, when I was younger, I didn't, I, when I was younger, elementary, I, I paid attention to school. I did great. I was getting straight A's and B's all the time. Maybe one, two C's here and there. You know, after my mom straightened me out a few times for uh, missing work. But what that means. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> mom straightened me out. You know what I mean? So, because like work with schoolwork was so easy to me growing up that I would get laxical on it. Like I didn't really care too much about it because I like, ah, I'll do it before I go to class or ah, I'll do it after I get done playing. And a few times it caught up on my procrastination, caught up on me. I still procrastinate to this day. It was something that started young in me. Mm. But uh, I feel like I do my best thinking under crunch time. So that started young. But elementary school, I was great. Like, they, they considered me. I tested high every time. I got great, great grades. They was like, they was trying to bump me up in classes and everything like that. My biggest strong, my strongest subjects in school was math and science. I think that's where like me counting numbers and wanting to teach about financial literacy uh, comes in a lot because I'm very good with numbers. Like, but I, but people like, oh, what did, you, did you read a lot? As because now that you're in a bookstore, I didn't read nothing growing up. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Like, <laughs> if it wasn't assigned to me, I wasn't reading it. You know, like maybe some captions on a TV, but and some street signs. But I actually. Growing up, I didn't even really read a lot. Like, uh, I I, will say now, I will actually honestly say now that I'm older, I was illiterate my whole childhood. Mm. You know, like, and people like, you own a bookstore? Like, that's my love of books now after my 20s and my late teens. But during school, I didn't read nothing. And then I used to write, like, I used to write. I remember one time I wrote my homegirl a nice little Valentine's Day card. And she took it home to her mom. She's like, this boy can't spell. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, damn. Like, like, your mom said that Jeez. about me? So, like, I, I didn't, my, my strongest choice was math. Then once I got in college, I said college. Once I got in high school, uh, I really didn't pay attention to school. Uh, I think that's around the time my, my father abandoned us. So I started basically, like, not caring about everything no more. What grade was that? Uh, I think middle school. He left when I was in eighth grade. I was about 13. So so when I got to high school, but high school, I got exposed to more, you know, older kids, things like that. But I started trying to, like, find my own way because my high school, like probably any high school, it's like a big fashion show. And, you know, these kids nowadays, they wear uniforms. You know, when we was in school, we, we got to wear clothes your mama bought you. So, so the kids around the kids in uh, Harrisburg, they wear uniforms now. Yeah, we were they were like khakis and shirts now. Ah, okay, okay. So when I was in high school, you got the you wore what your mom bought back in the day. Mm. So if your mom, if you ain't had the newest Jordans or the newest Precious Air Force Ones or any, yeah, you, you was getting, <laughs> yeah, you was getting bust on. So I I never got bust on actually. Like I, even though I didn't have the best clothes, I never really came to school dirty. You know what I mean? And I could fight. So I never really got bust on, but I didn't take school serious because I didn't want to be there. Like, I, didn't, I just hated going to school sometimes, even though that's where, like, all my friends were at. That's friends were at. That's where all the girls were at. I still was like, man, I ain't going to school today. So I started, like, kind of, mm. like, lashing out educational-wise. Do you think Do you think that was a connection, too, with your dad? Like, leaving? Yeah. Was, was nah, he wasn't no educator, though. Like, he wasn't an educator. He wasn't. He didn't push like me to do better in school, but just 
I think his presence more than anything made me want to like do better, like to, I guess, seek validation mm. from, from my parents in a sense. But when he left, it was like, I, I started getting all type of bad grades and all type of stuff. And then my mom, she wasn't, she's a single black mom, but she didn't, I, she didn't technically know how to raise men. You know what I mean? Mm. Even though she, she, she tried her best and, I'm thankful, you know what I mean, for my mom. She didn't really know how to raise a man. But, uh, yeah, man, elementary, I was cool. High school started to lash out, didn't really care. And I passed. And then Harrisburg High School, Harrisburg High School is actually the second worst high school in our state. Wow. What what does that mean? Because sometimes, like, when they say worst, they might be talking about test test grades. Yeah, test grades, uh, book uh educational classes like the the, the work assignment uh the the, the uh what, what do they talk about now like the, the 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 funding network like we we get funding but our school board doesn't put it towards education so we don't get the proper books wow. like a lot of our kids would leave our schools and go to another school and basically be flunking like the next market period mm. because they never was actually taught and we're, we're, we're like the biggest high school in our city and we're the capital of our state and we got the worst school. And what's the demographics? Uh, fit, what you mean? Like, uh, the amount like, uh, black kids, white kids. Oh, it's, it's, it, oh yeah. And our school is, it's probably about 95% black. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Patterns, yeah, man. So, patterns. And, <laughs> yeah. Now the surrounding schools is probably like. 50, 50, 60, 40, but then it's like, you know, certain schools is more like 60, 40 white their way. You know what I mean? The further out you go and those, that's the best school where it's like 60, 40 white. Mm. Actually, like 70, 30 white, but then the 30 ain't black. It's like Asian, Indian stuff. You know what I mean? That's a pattern. Yeah. But if, you know, tax dollars, parents, you know what I mean? Uh, Implement themselves in the school board, school systems. Stuff like that. Our, you know, our our parents, as much as they they cry like they do care, they really don't. They don't show up at PTA meetings. They don't participate outside of you know regular day class. Some of these parents are better than our parents was back in the day because they're more uh, accessible to information and what's going on. You know, like back in the day, you know, you get a letter mail home. We hide the letter. Your mom never knows. Mm. Now, now they send emails. You can't get the mom's emails. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You can't get in her system to delete emails before she get them. So these parents send out emails and stuff like that. So teach the parents and teachers is more uh, having more conversations, I guess, nowadays. So that's cool. Yeah, that, that is uh, that's very interesting, man. Um, yeah. So uh, during your experience, during your high school experience, you ended up, you know, uh, I'm trying to put this in a, so you ended up uh, expecting a child, man. Like, can you talk about yeah. that? Like what, what yeah. occurred as a result of that? Well, my 17th You were an athlete day. too. You were like wrestling during that time too and everything? Yeah, I was wrestling. I was on the team. I actually got hurt. I ended my, I kind of ended my season early. I got hurt. I was a uh, concussion prone. Wow. Like, yeah, like the slightest little knock in the head, I'll be out. Like I, I used to work, wake, I used to be wrestling. I'd be in the middle of matches, a dude to take do a takedown on me from another school, 
you know, if anybody knows what that is, basically grab my legs, take me down to the mat or whatever, and I'll be waking up in the emergency room. Like, wow. that's how, yeah, like, that I'll was, be like, that was before, you know, the concussion CCE, thing. Yeah, that's there, before yeah. CTE, that's before concussion protocols, everything. So, I think I had my first concussion when I was like 12, but they didn't know what it was. They thought I was out there faking. Wow. Like the guys, yeah, they, the guy pinned me and everything. I'm just laid out. They just picked me up off the mat, brought me to the side. Like, you know what so, I mean? So what, like, did you get like <laughs> headaches after that? Or like what? what? No, nah, like, honestly, I'll be thinking like, sometimes I'll be thinking like, the reason why I act a little loody is because of the concussions. <laughs> 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 but no, nah, I, didn't get, I didn't get headaches. It was more so like a diagnosis from the ER doctor. Because they're like, how many concussions you had? i like, man, I had about probably like, this is like my fifth, sixth one. It's like, you got to stop. Or you ain't gonna be right when you get older. So I don't know. Might I might have a long term effect down the line when I'm like 60, 70. If I if you know what I mean, hopefully I make it that long. Let's hope, let's hope, let's hope it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, reading yeah, those exactly. books, reading those books will help, man. Yeah, keep my mind, you know what I mean, uh, uh my muscle, my, my brain muscle moving. But no, so my 17th birthday, literally on my 17th birthday, me and my son's mom, you know, we did us. And she popped up pregnant with my first son, man. Like trying to be trying to be grown and and have extra fun, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, now I'm gonna be a little personal. You don't got to answer if you don't want to. But um, yeah. did y'all consider like protection? Did you know about like did school prep you for like uh, yeah, I took the time. I took protection? the time all. Yeah, huh? I took it all for my birthday. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah I took it all for my birthday. Trying to that's why I said I started to be grown. <laughs> Uh, I took it off and got a son. I said, yeah, I ain't taking it off no more. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but now, you know, we had sex ed back in the day. So I knew, like, what could come of it. I knew about, you know, STDs and stuff like that. So, but so, I was with her for like a year at that time. So and 17 is what, your senior year of high school or junior? Junior. Junior year of high school. Just so literally my junior year of high school. Because my birthday's in October. So it was right at the beginning of our junior year. My junior year, her 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 senior year. So so when did you find out, man? Like what was that that experience like? Uh like a month later, I think she came and told me there's a possibility. I, I almost cried. You know what I mean? Like I almost cried. Understood, understood. Yeah, man, because I ain't I ain't one, I didn't want to be no high school parent. Two, I wasn't ready for I knew personally I wasn't ready for no kid. But like I had plans to go to Howard. Or some type of crazy HBCU. Uh, I had plans of like traveling and like I was like, I'm getting the hell out of Harrisburg. Like, I don't, I'm not, that's, that was like my goal. Like, as much as I ain't really care about school, I was like, when I'm done with high school, I'm getting a, I'm getting a heck away from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm. And I'm traveling, I'm, I'm going to college as far away as I can and all that stuff, and she popped up pregnant. I was like, dang, I got to stay close now. <laughs> That's the ball my plans. Oh, uh, man, how, how was she? Like, was she nervous about it? Like, how would she respond to it? Yeah, yeah, you know, we was kids, man. Like, like we was kids, and, like, I, I didn't have no role models or nothing like that, so I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know what to say. I told my mom, I'm like, well, better get ready. Like, she wasn't really, you know what I'm saying? She wasn't the most encouraging mother like the most loving mother ever but she wasn't like abusive or not she just didn't know how to express love i guess you know what yeah. i mean yo there, there is such a pattern man i know you say yeah. it like like uh you know with your mom but i know a lot of listeners are listening in and they can yeah. probably relate 
and black people all over the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, man, you know? she, she love you, but she didn't know how to express it. You know what yep, I'm saying? Yep. I, I love you, do anything for you, buy anything you want. Da, 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 if I got the money, but I don't know how to say like I love you or how to like coddle you and you know what I'm saying and, yeah. and show you like everything's all right. Yeah, and, you know, you know, like some that. some parents too, like they think that black boys don't need that. Like you gotta be tough and gotta that's, be I think that's the old way of thinking. Like yeah. that's the old like I teach my sons now, man. I, I like I hug them, I play with them, I, I I show them like it's okay to have emotions, like you don't gotta be emotionless. Like that that's that that raises that raises toxic toxic men. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and mental health is a thing. Like these I went through stuff as a kid. You know what I mean? And I knew I needed somebody to talk to, somebody older, just to be like, it's all right. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay not to be okay right now. Yes, and, it's okay. and it's all right to have these emotions. And, and this is how you work through them. And so I see that and I recognize that now. And I tell my sons all the time, it's all right to be mad. It's just how do you channel it? What do you do with it afterwards that matters? Like right now, it's all right to be upset. It's all right to be sad. You know what I mean? And, and frustrated. But what are we going to do now that you know and understand this emotion? Let's find out the root of it. Let's figure out uh, what's the next action, you know, to, to, to reconcile and, and get by. And that was my thing. So we was kids. She had two. She grew up in a two-parent household. Mom and dad had been married 20-some years at the time. So she had somebody to go talk to. She had a mom and a dad to, like, coach her. Me, it was like, man, figure it out, figure mm. it out. So, what was that so, process for you, man? Figuring it out, like, how did it go to, like, oh my god? I thought I, I thought I had to be the, I thought I had to be the man my father wasn't. Mm. Like, I thought I had to be this Superman. Like, I'm gonna take care of everything. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't abandoning nobody. Like my punk ass dad, you know. Like, whatever my son needs, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna be, you know, like, and I'm boasting myself up. And I, I, I still fall short of being, like, a, a, the perfect dad. You know what I mean? There's no such thing as perfection. Exactly. But at the time, you'd be like, I don't want to be my father. But I think in a lot of ways, as much as we don't want to be somebody, we end up becoming a person. You know, like, mm -hmm. I hate you. Like, what was that, what was that movie? Uh, it was, I forget the movie. But it was, like, it was, like, a bad guy. It was, like, as much as you hate me being a villain, you're becoming a villain yourself. You know what I mean? That hate in your heart makes you even more of a bad guy than I am. Mm. So, so I was like, I became my dad without becoming him in a lot of ways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was in the beginning. Now I'm back. I'm, I'm more emotionally conscious. I'm more emotionally mature. I'm more a little bit more intelligent than I than I was at 17, 18 years old. So. Yeah, I mean, you you were you were a baby, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of times you, you don't, you know, it's your life, so you don't think you're you a baby. You be like, oh no, I ain't no baby. But now when I look at my four, he's four, my son, fourteen now, like that. My high school, you know what I mean? He's fourteen now. So and I'll be looking at him, I'm like, you a little ass kid, like you a baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? But let him tell it. He's like, you right, you right. I'm like, man, listen. And then I, and even my siblings, like my siblings, all in their early twenties. And I was like, man, when I was 20, man, I had a car, I had a house, I was paying bills. Y'all still live with y'all parents, y'all babies. Like, but then I'll be like, 
but I was a baby. I just had early responsibilities, you know, right. like I had right. to grow up faster than them. None of them have kids. So right. they get to enjoy being at home with mommy and daddy a little longer. Mm-hmm. So can, can you walk us through that growing up process of like, you know, you getting a job to take care of your, your, your son and um, you, know, you said you had a house, you had a car, like what, 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 what was the process like? You know, you going out there. I, I was already working. Yeah, at that time, I was working at Burger King. I was already working and stuff. Like, so I was like, I got to work more. I got to work harder. And I ended up actually joining the Army. I joined the United States Army, you know, and Mm -hmm. when I was was like, all right, we found out. We found out she was pregnant in November. December 6th, I joined the Army. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I was like, I'm going to take care of my responsibilities. I'm going to step up. And that was actually, no lie, after the, because I was a minor, the recruiter came to my house to talk to my mom. And when I signed the papers, that was actually the first time my mom in my life ever told me she was proud of me. Because uh, uh, 17 years old, I remember like it was yesterday. She was like, I'm proud of you. I said, the f*** is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like that shit almost made me cry. And I'm like, what? She's like, you, you're not running away from your child or your responsibility. She was like, as much as the influence and the people around you, you know what I'm saying, was negative. And then, you know what I mean? She knows she's like not the best mom. She's like, you're stepping up though. You know what I mean? You're mm. trying to take care of your responsibilities the best way you can. And you're only 17. And she was like, I'm proud of you. And I was like, thank you. You know what I mean? That made me feel like I was doing the right thing. Yeah, we so did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. It just made me feel like I was doing the right thing. It made me feel like that moment was all right to sign that paper and join the Army. But I basically worked. Like, I worked all through high school. I was in the Army three years, three, four years. Like, four years. Got out. And then just work pretty much. You know what I mean? End up having what did, what did you end up doing in the army? I was a I was a 44 Charlie. I was a uh I was an accountant pretty much. Like that's why I said math was my strong suit. So because I, on my ASVAB test, I, I the highest I scored was math and science. They was like, yeah, let him go handle paychecks and payroll or something <laughs> like that. I mean he could count. So <laughs> they're like, he could count. So I actually ended up being a 44 Charlie. And that's a, uh, it's called a financial management technician. Basically, I'm an accountant. You know what I mean? And then that's what I, that's what I was going to go to college for, was basically accountants. So I was like, oh, I already got a profession in accounting. Mm-hmm. I just, I might as well get a degree in it too. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So what, what uh transitioned into you thinking like y'all want to be an entrepreneur? I know you you said you did some trucking too, like you did you you worked in the truck. Yeah, that was in my yeah yeah. Like I was working like I'm talking about like in my early twenties, mid twenties. I just was working bullcrap jobs, basically trying to get by and, and, and support you know family and stuff like that, support my kids. Mm. But so, uh, so when did that that mo- that moment ha- happen? Like you know some people like they at the job and their boss is cussing them out or. You know, no, I never like I, I, I never let my jobs get to me to where like I quit. You know what I mean? Like no, no, never, not quit. No, but no. when when oh. like you know we all have that moment like when we're working certain well, jobs like before. Right, that moment where the light bulb kicked in. You're like, yo, I can't. I'm not gonna do this forever. Like I gotta figure out. When what I went I'm vegan. Do when I went vegan, that's mm-hmm. when it hit me. 
when I went vegan, I was 28. Eight. Yeah, I mean, three years, yeah. When I was 28, I went vegan, and I went down to a vegan restaurant in another city that's closer to Harrisburg. And I saw the restaurant, and I'm like, man, we don't got no restaurant like this in Harrisburg, like, at all. I was like, I, I don't want to be driving 45 minutes to an hour to go eat. And I was like, you know what? I'm a I'm a build a restaurant in Harrisburg. So that's that that was like literally when it hit me. It was 2000 August of 2018. I was like, I'm a build a restaurant in Harrisburg, so I don't gotta travel no more. And that's the that, and that's what people understand what an entrepreneur is. An entrepreneur is somebody that sees sees a, a need within the community or within, you know what I mean, the work the space and then you create a job or opportunity that fulfills that need. I saw the need. We don't have no black owned vegan restaurants in my city. Somebody has to create one. Why can't it be me? And then that's exactly what the hell I did. So <laughs> <laughs> say no more, man. Say yeah. no more. But you know what happens is a lot of people they get in that, you know, why can't it be me? And then they're like, oh wait, but I don't even know how to begin this. And then they, they start the second guessing and the, oh, wait, that, I don't I have any money. My pockets is me, empty. It took me a year. <laughs> it took me, what, a year? It took me a year of planning. I ain't going to lie. It took me a whole year of planning and, and figuring it out. And actually, it, it just it, it, it kept fueling me when I kept going out of town to eat. And I'm like, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. But I'm like, shit, I don't even know how. But I was like, you know, like my love of literature now and, and me reading a lot. I'm like, I can read a book. A book could teach me something. I can watch mm. YouTube. You know, it's a lot of information in books, man. So I like, I read a book and figure it out. But I just like when I go in restaurants, I would sit back. I would sit back and I would pay attention to and I worked in restaurants. Like I, I went to I graduated from high school with a culinary arts, trained in culinary arts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I went to a vocational school. So I worked in restaurants all all through my late teens, all of my early 20s. So I was all in and out of restaurants. So I was like, I understand how to operate and manage a restaurant because I've been in, in and out of them my whole life, pretty much. Right. I just don't know how to own one mm-hmm. and start it. But I know what to do once it's up and running. Mm-hmm. That was the part I had to figure out. And me, I, I pay attention a lot. Like, I just start, you know, start you know, reading Steve Jobs, even though these are billion dollar companies, you got to, you got to read, you got to read people, you got to study people that did it, you know, and the only people you see books on is people that are on a big conglomerate level. Right. So, you know, Steve Jobs, Steve, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, Jeff Bezos, all starting out their garages and everything like that. I'm like, if I want to start a restaurant, I got to see if I can cook. I got to see if people like my food. So I started catering out of my house with my uh, girlfriend. Wait, so you never you never cooked before that? No, I cooked. Oh, okay, never, okay. No, 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 no. It's all right. Me and my girlfriend, we cooked. We cooked. But did you do? You, there's a difference between cooking for four people right. and cooking for four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So people are like, I can cook. I can cook. Can you cook for four hundred people though? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> can you cook for four hundred people today? Like. Today and tomorrow and Wednesday can get food be the same every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that's the biggest obstacle people don't understand. Like, 
you know, measuring things out, figuring it out. Like, yo, can I cook the same way every day, every day? But then also, you know, today it might be 10 customers. Tomorrow will be 100. Can I, can I keep up with that? And that's the part I had to figure out. So we started cooking out of our, our out of our apartment. And we was like, yo, we selling vegan food. We selling vegan food. Put it all on Facebook, Instagram. And it started to pop. Like it started popping. What kind of food are we talking? Vegan. Burgers. Yes, sir. Cream. I mean, I, I'm plant-based myself, sir. So um oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, man. Um <laughs> oh we made the we made the pure life burgers and okay. beyond burgers. Right. Yeah, we did the beyond burgers on a brisho bun. And I made this special sauce. It's called the slap sauce. Mm. And I made a special sauce up. Yeah, when you say that, I just I just think about I don't know what show that is or what is it a movie? Like it's so good to make you want to slap your mom. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, next Friday. <laughs> next Friday. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, that came from somewhere. Is that where you got yeah. that from? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. In my city, we we call good food slapping or it slaps. Ah, it's, okay. it's slang. It's slang when you come up here to PA. Well, to Harrisburg, like central PA. Like we be like, yo, like something real good. Like, yo, that's slapping, yo. Like, mm. dang, man. That's basically like, yo, that food's real good. So basically I'm like, yo, this sauce is real good. So it's slapping. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just slap sauce. Now it's caught on everywhere. Everybody like, yo, slap sauce. I need, you know what I mean? Like, now everybody know Harrisburg lingo, but that's all it is. I made the slap sauce, and then I just made, I gave it out to like family and friends just to try, and they're like, "Man, that's real good. That's real good." I was like, "Nah, that don't that don't mean nothing. I'm gonna do a little pop up event," and I started doing pop ups for like three like three months. So I think we did two three months. We did them, mm-hmm. so, I, so I was able to secure uh, my restaurant location. So. All right. How how did like on the from the financial side, like how did you go about like, you know, securing the fine the uh restaurant? Did you have a lot of money saved up from you know selling to people and things like that? And then yes. you had to take yeah. out some loans. Like how how did nah, that no no bank loans. I, really? I no no bank loans, no grants, no no rich grandma, nothing. <laughs> it was all it was all me and her. Like we saved up our money, saved up about like five about $5,000, $6,000 just to get like a little bit started. And I ain't gonna lie, I took that first stimulus money, use some of that, the first one, like that first little 1200 or whatever, I used like a stack of that. And then my sister gave me like a thousand of her stimulus because she ended up getting like 3000 back. But as soon as the restaurant opened, she's like, can I get my $1,000 back? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I basically said I opened it with my own money. I just had a quick loan from her. But uh, yeah, man, no grants, no banks, no nothing. Just straight me and her working. I was working about two jobs and selling food on the weekend. Wow. And yeah, like I don't owe nobody nothing. Like that's why when I when it closed down due to COVID, I was I didn't I didn't have no partners I owe money to I didn't have no banks default on no loans or nothing like that it was like I can walk away and be like hey at one time I opened a, I owned a restaurant <laughs> and I do want to clarify for listeners that is House of Vegan uh, yeah other yeah. restaurant not we're not talking about Good Brothers Good Brothers <laughs> no, no, no. Good Brothers also. yeah yeah so yeah, we're yeah. talking about House of Vegan your your uh, yeah, vegan based restaurant from before Good Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. I was for all the listeners out there. I was the first. I owned the first black ever 
vegan restaurant in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm. You know what I mean? I opened it last year in July 2020 during the pandemic. And uh, and it was around for a few months. And then that second COVID wave killed us, took us out. But mm. I couldn't, and for listeners too, I couldn't get the PPP loan. I couldn't get none of these other really? loans. Because I opened during COVID. You had to be uh. open. You had to be open before February 15th, 2020. I signed my lease February 2nd, 2020. Wow. But I wasn't open yet. Okay. You know? So Man. so a lot of people were like, why'd you get no loan? Why'd you like because if you read the fine print, one of the first three bullet points of the PPP loan is for restaurants is either have a 2019 tax return saying basically I was open before the beginning of 2020 or be open. Your restaurant had to be open like basically at the turn of the year before February 15th of 2020. That's mm. the first three bullet points before you even apply for a loan. They'd be like, you, if you wasn't open before the, before COVID actually ha- happened, you basically took the risk to open your business during a global pandemic. That's your fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not even easy on the regular man on global yeah. pandemic, man. Man, yeah. people was closing down. I was opening up, so people were like you're crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, with with the success of uh, Good Brothers, man, hopefully you can get House of Vegan back on and popping, man. That's the plan, man. That's the plan. That, that's the ultimate plan at, at the end of the day. So we'll see. But I think I got. I think I can get that. That I think. I think I got lax in my hustler stance. Like before, I used to like grind, 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 grind. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when House of Eagles open, I still was driving trucks for Pepsi. I used to work. Wow. That's how I, I say, yeah. Like I had, I owned the full blown, up and coming, newest, hottest restaurant of the summer of 2020. And I still was driving trucks for another company. You know what I mean? Like, mm. but now that, now that everything's that closed and I got the restaurant, I mean, the cafe. I'd be like, man, I lost my hustler spirit because I should be working another job to try to get my vegan restaurant back. You know what I mean? Stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I think, I think the cafe is going to hook it up, though. I, I got a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for this, this coffee to take off. So Yes, sir. Let's see how that if goes. We, if we hearing about it all the way from New York, man, you know, you know it's buzzing. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, I, I hope so. I really do. Uh, yeah, for sure, man. We'll we'll update listeners on that too, man. When you get <laughs> yeah. the, the House of Vegans uh, back on and popping, but let's transition into uh, you know Good Brothers, man. How? Huh? So I guess transitioning from House of Vegans being closed down, like immediately, did you get an idea? Like, all right, let, I, this is the next one here, or was no, it at the same time? It was at the same time. Like, it was around actually before House of Vegans opened. Uh, the, the the little punk muff, little punk mug. Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd around the time he killed George Floyd around Memorial Weekend. You know, it was that big outcry of like, oh, we need more black businesses. We need to support our own. We need this. We need that. And that, and this is like in the making of House of Vegans. I was like, man, if, if my restaurant is, is doing well, what else does Harrisburg need that I could contribute? You know, like want down the line maybe like i was thinking maybe two three years from now mm-hmm. and i was like man we never had a black owned coffee shop in my city ever ever mm-hmm. so i'm like man I'm, I'm gonna think about that you know what i'm saying I'm, like, I'm gonna think i'm gonna think on that some more 
So the restaurant opens, it's popping, boom, 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 it's hitting on all cylinders. Directly across the street from our restaurant was an old cafe owned by, excuse me, owned by this Serbian lady, East 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 European lady and her, her family. She, she's a baker. And I used to go in there and get my coffee. Coffee was trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> For real. She got she was like, she got like some folders from the store. It was it was really good, trash coffee. But uh and she was like, Yeah, I used to go there and talk to her. I was like, man, how hard is it to own a coffee shop? She's like, oh, it's easy. She's like, most of my money comes from bacon. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. She's like, Yeah, most of my money comes from bacon. Da, 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 da. She's like, coffee is just like the additive, you know what I mean? So I was like, oh, okay, okay. So she's like, yeah, but we're about to leave. I said, huh? She said, yeah, we're about to move to another city. I said, huh? I said, so what's what's going to be here? Yeah, so the, the the cafe was, her coffee shop was closing or moving. She was moving it. So I'm like, man, what's going to be in here? And she was like, oh, I don't know. You got to talk to the landlord. I don't think nobody rented it yet because don't nobody really know we're moving. I said, man, give me his number. And then this is when basically my gear started turning. I'm like, I can own a coffee shop around the same time I own a vegan restaurant. And she was, and I ain't really tell her. It's like, what you going to try to do? I said, I don't know, but I'm thinking about coffee. And she was like, oh, oh, oh. And then basically she was like, if you need baked goods, call me. But I'm like, nah, you're white. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was like, I need black bakers. You know what I mean? Like this one gonna be blackish so <laughs> but my, that's how my vegan restaurant is like my vegan restaurant is all my employees was black the owners is black when and there's walk, nothing wrong with that man because yeah. i feel like you know a lot of times we're talking about oh man the black unemployment rate and all this stuff yeah. and, you know this and that and the third and black people aren't I'm doing enough for black people you know man. nobody can say nothing if you're like you know what i want to work with black people i want to hire black people yeah everything was black yeah yeah for sure everything man Listen, all my equipment installed, all my plumbing, electricity, black. Everybody I hire is black. You know what I mean? But right now they've been cutting up. I'm about to hire somebody white or something because I need some plumbing done. <laughs> my black plumber acting crazy. But still, Yo, like, you too? My black plumber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the thing too, man. You know, we got yeah. problems, man. They don't, so, they don't, answer, yeah. they don't answer their phone, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't like money. That's why I tell them they don't like money. But, I uh, thought it was just my black plumber, man. Okay. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> there, there, there must be a, a universal black plumber association going on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer calls. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, man. But like, I hire black. I hire black. I make sure everything stays black. You know, like I can't say, I can't tell you to, you know, empower and uplift black community if I'm not doing it myself. I'll exactly. be a walking. I'd be a walking contradiction. Mm. So, yeah. So basically, I got their landlord's number, and I was like, "Man, da 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 da." I think I want to own a coffee shop. He's like, "You ever own a coffee shop?" I'm like, "No, but I own the business." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, "What business you own?" I was like, "Oh, I own the restaurant across the street." He was like, "Oh yeah, I heard about y'all. Y'all been in the news, everything." I was like, "Yeah." So you know, I'm not faking. Like, I'm I'm a I'm a business owner. He's like. All right, all right. I like, I like. Let's have another conversation. You know what I mean? When she moves out, we can talk again. And, and basically, he let me get the space. I put the sign up for Good Brothers, got in the newspaper like that week, 
and everything. And then everybody was like, man, a Black-owned coffee shop. We ain't mm. never seen no shit. Like, and then it's like, hold on. And then it's like, it's owned by the same mug that, that owns the vegan recipe. He's doing too much now. He's just doing... <laughs> And they right across the street from each other. Like that, they was like, oh, Black Wall Street, Black Wall Street. Like, (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, man. That's great, man. That's great. So did you already know about like uh, coffee um, at that point? No, I read a book. I read a book. Ah, enlighten us, man. What what book? What book was it? Uh, It was it was written by a white guy. It was called How to How to Run a Coffee Shop in 2020. Mm. <laughs> that was it. It was like 120 pages, but wow. that was the best. That was the best book ever. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the the power of books, man. You yeah, know, be sleeping, but man. But it's, it's the power of implementing the knowledge too, though. Yeah, yeah. You could read anything you want in this world, but if you don't know what to do with it, you just you just a walking information box. That's it. But mm. you're not really putting action or thought. And I'm really big on action of thought. Like, okay, I have a plan. I have a goal. How do I get to that goal, though? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. where's the steps I need to take to get there? And if I got to skip a step or two to finally get there, then that's that's what I do. Or if I got to take another way around, even if I get to that goal, my, are my actions aligning with my ultimate goal? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. That That's my thing. So I read the book but I implemented it into my life. And so I what, implemented- what were like one or two gems from the book that you like, yo, I got to do this? Uh, Every book's a tissue. And I'm, it's another, hold on. Real quick. It's another book I would, I would tell people too. I know people can't, I know people can't see us because we're on the podcast. But- yeah, sir, you could just describe it, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to show it to you though. Yeah. This is- yeah. The E-Myth Revisited, Why Most Small Businesses Don't Work and What to Do About It. Man, I'm about to get that book like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I've, I've heard that like, This is like the, the, the unwritten Bible for small businesses right here. Mm. I mean, my homeboy, he actually, my homeboy, he's a dentist in Brooklyn. He owns a, he, a black dentist in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He actually is the one that gave me, recommended this book to me. And he said he recommended this, and he rec- and then I found the how to own a coffee shop, how to run a coffee shop in 2020. But it's just more so like customer service, paying attention to your competition. What do they do? You know, what I'm saying what can you do different, or what can you do better, or or just opposite of them. Because my main thing is I don't try to think of everybody as competition. I think of everybody as helpers mm. because. I don't see you because competition makes fuels my motive negatively. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, like you're my enemy. Like I'm ready for war. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't look at people like that. I'm like, you're my friend. I'm going to do everything different than you, but I'm going to do it with a smile. I'm going to be happy about it. And then also if you're successful and I'm, you know, I'm lagging somewhere, I don't get upset. You know what I'm saying? How you go into things mentally plays a part too. Like, that's my competition. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. And it's like, you're always negative every time you see something about them. And then me, I'm more of an applauder because I'm like, I'm I'm a big believer like the universe has a way of playing a part. Like, if I think positively, I'm going to get positively. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, my thing is like, okay, this coffee shop doing good. Oh, what they do today? Oh, man, that's what's up. Oh, okay, okay. That's different. That's different. Okay, now let me do something different than them. 
that can give me the attraction or let me figure out a different marketing strategy that can bring people to me. People tell me all the time, hey, man, I love y'all Instagram page. I love y'all Instagram page. The way y'all market, the way y'all do things. It's like, I never seen nothing like that. And I, I don't, I'm not even a big like advertiser. Like people are like, oh, you need to get some professional pictures done. You need to, I'm like, I think that's a still shot. I always think, I like to take pictures of drinks in the moment, books in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what you really can get here. This ain't mm. something that's at some shop. We took, we do some uh, edits on it or anything like that. Like, nah, this was taken right here, right now at the cafe. And this is how your drink will look. So I'm more so like that. But these books, man, like, I, I, I soak up everything. Like, I soak up everything. What's one of this? Business development processing. What's, what's this one? Organizational strategy. Like everything, turnkey resolution. Yeah, you know I man. Mm, like very important, man. Yeah, and man. Books, you're kind of, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of embodying exactly what Good Brothers is about, man. You got the books and then the yeah. coffee, and yes, yeah. pretty much, you know, what you're about. You you got yeah. to the coffee by reading the books. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great, man. That's uh, great. Right? That's yeah. a great story, man. I didn't even know that. Um, so now I know at this point you kind of know the difference between great coffee. And you know, yes, you mentioned the, yes, the, the, yes. I, the, I the woman I, before that you bought the store from. The coffee was whack. So, yeah. how does the average person that does not really drink coffee like that, or they might drink coffee, but they drink from the local coffee shop, like you know, and they don't really know what good coffee is? How do they know the difference between quality coffee versus like <laughs> uh, uh, quality of beans? Like, all right, when you go into certain shops and everything like that. Look at look at the establishment. Like look look. All right, is the beans fresh when you get in there? Is uh is they grind it right there in front of you? Like whole beans. Like we grind fresh whole beans in front of you, uh before we process your coffee. Sourcing origin of coffee. Like where did the coffee come from? Most people are like oh just give me some Colombian with some French vanilla on top. <laughs> That's all we know. You know what I'm saying? Like but coffee is made in so many different regions of this world that. A lot of people aren't even versed in that. Like the best, some of the, some people say the best coffee in the world comes actually from Jamaica. It's mm. called Blue, it's called Blue Mountain Coffee. A lot of people don't even know Jamaica is known for having the best coffee in the world. You Didn't know, know I mean? that myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> teaching me some. See, but that's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't know like some of the that that coffee originated in Ethiopia. Right. That's where that's where actually coffee comes from. Africa started a lot of stuff. But coffee originated in Africa and in, in a in a country of Ethiopia. They actually have the best sourcing of coffee. It's not the best, it's it's not the best quality, but because they're the OG, they mm -hmm. get the vibe, they get the default of quality of coffee. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's one of my goals, man, to have some coffee in Ethiopia before I die. <laughs> oh, <bro? laughs> Yo, I love I love coffee number one. And then okay, okay. I knew about like uh you know Ethiopia having amazing coffee, man. And okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is dude yeah. I watch. Uh I'm not gonna say his name, but this uh huh? this Asian, this is Asian dude I watch. He goes around. Um, you know what? His, his name is Mark Wines. Mark Wines. I don't know if you, you ever heard of him, but he goes around different places in the world and he tries different foods and different like uh you know like, like Andrew Zimmerman type yeah guy. yeah like kind of yeah. the same thing and he he's been to all over Africa and the Caribbean and I 
you know, being plant-based, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you want to, yeah, yeah. I, I try to look at different foods, like um, African foods that yeah, are yeah. plant-based and try to make them and things like that. So I was looking okay. at his stuff and um, one of the places he went was Ethiopia and they was, they was really into the coffee, man. They was having the coffee with pretty much That's coffee meal. Yeah. So I was like, man, what, what is this Ethiopian coffee about? And I went yeah. to an Ethiopian restaurant and I tried the coffee and I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yo, I got to get this Ethiopia. Real fruity, though. Real fruity. Their, their beans is real fruity. Like, they, they, the way they process them, harvest them, and then you can get a washed coffee or you can get a natural processed coffee from there. You can get that from any country, but it, the way their, their natural process is basically like, all right, coffee starts off in a cherry. It's a fruit, actually. Coffee beans are the seed of that fruit. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't know that. People just think like coffee just came from out of nowhere. But coffee is <laughs> actually, actually a fruit. It looks like a red cherry. Hmm. All right? A natural process is basically they pick all the cherries out, out the bush or whatever. Out the, I won't even call it a tree because it's not that tall. But out of the coffee plant. And then they leave them out on the ground for like days in the hot sun. All right? And basically the fruit will... will uh, rotten, die, dry out over top of the bean, basically leaving that fruity taste oh. on top of the bean. You mm-hmm. know, that's a natural process. Then a wash process would be like, okay, we we'll leave it out, but then I rinse it all off with all this high powered water. You know mm. what I mean? And I will wash away some of the fruity taste. But Ethiopia, for some reasons, uh, retains that fruity texture, taste. And all our beans, whether it's a natural or a wash process. That's interesting. And, yeah. Is that but, what they mean when they say, like, I've heard like a, a cup of coffee takes a crazy amount of water to make? And I never understood that. So is that what they're talking yeah. about, like the processing of it? Sometimes that could be, yeah. Sometimes they, they I don't know. I don't know in what capacity it was talking about. Maybe it's just I, a, it might have been just the cups. I might have. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Probably yeah. was a cup. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. They yeah. talk about the actual harvesting and and and, and, and uh, ag- agricultural part of it. So okay. I don't know. I don't know if they talk about that. All right. But, so, uh, go ahead. Yeah, just from 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 after that, what what's the process after that? Nothing. Basically, just pick them, bag them, and ship them around because it's, it's it's a dry bean. Mm. It's basically like it's basically like taking a peach, taking a seed out of a Georgia peach, mm-hmm. washing it all putting it in the bag, sending it somewhere and telling somebody grind it up and make peach coffee. You know what I mean? That's really all it is. But it's just that caffeine that comes with it and everything like that. But man, coffee's a multi-billion dollar business. $40 billion a year is made off of coffee. Hmm. Man. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is, uh, that is interesting, man. I didn't, I didn't know all that about coffee, man. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's a lot, man. I know right now uh, with, with Good Brothers, you guys, um, are doing like your own your own coffee, right? You guys partner with a company that that does the beans and and the growing and the development of the coffee and all that. Yes, that's me. So you you're, you're doing that, or is it partnered with another company that's doing it as well? I own that company. You own the company. Yeah, I own the coffee company. I own the first black owned coffee company in the state of Pennsylvania. What other first black thing do you own? Because <laughs> like, we just going through the. We just going through the list right now, man. Yeah, yeah. Talking about first black this and first black. <laughs> yeah, nope. I'm the first. I'm the. I own the first black coffee company in the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. 
what what made you decide to be you know to to go out and get it on your own as opposed to getting um getting it from somebody that already got it what's the words you say on my own ownership mm. you know because owning a coffee shop only thing that's talked about is the coffee who owns the coffee where does the coffee come from who gets the praise for that coffee whether it's good or bad the coffee you know what i mean so i wanted to basically circumvent anybody or take out the middleman nobody gets credit for the coffee in my coffee shop other than me you know what mm -hmm. i mean because you might talk about good brothers but you're gonna be like man that coffee from starbucks though is very good that they use there or that coffee from they're gonna have to uh, say black bucks right <laughs> yeah black bucks you know what i'm saying <laughs> or, or, or or anything like that it, it, it's more so like it's a coffee shop but where's the coffee from who owns mm. the coffee da, 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 da. I was like, nah, can't nobody get that credit. You know what I mean? This is complete ownership, complete black. I can't walk around telling people, you know, own your own, you know, build your own brand if I'm not a walking testament to that. So well said. Well said. Yeah. So I built my own coffee brand. And now my coffee brand is gonna be the first black coffee company ever in a grocery store. Really? What's 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 going on with that? Uh, we're going to be in Giants. They're called Giant Food Stores. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, the, it's the biggest grocery store in our state. You know what I mean? I'm going to be in a couple stores in a couple weeks. Wow. So, that's, that's what's up, man. Kudos. Kudos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, are people, so, are you going to be online too? Like uh, if people are interested in ordering? Um, yeah, you can get coffee now from me online. Okay. Let, let us know where. Yeah, yeah. Now, shit. Uh, www. Fifth Acres, F-I-F-T-H-A-C-R-E-S, coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E, co, C-O.com. Fifth Acres, coffee, co.com. All right. I am. There we go, man. I'm going to put it to the test myself, man. Yeah, hey, listen. Go what's ahead. what's going on. Put an order in. I got to send out some orders tomorrow. So go on there and order. You know what I mean? We got to eat the opium blend on there. All oh, my yeah. coffee. All my coffee is named after a neighborhood in my city. Cool, man. That that's that's dope. That's dope. Now yeah, yeah. with the coffee, sometimes like for me, like when I go buy coffee, like it's like it's annoying to grind it myself because I don't really know like exactly, you know, how to grind it to 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 get it exactly how I want it. Do yeah, you yeah. already got it grinded or do you got to grind like do you got do you have no, I got whole beans? bean and I got grounded. Okay, cool. Yeah, but if so you everything you make whole bean and grounded. Yeah, I could bag it the either which way, yeah. Okay. I could bag it. I could bag it either which way. But uh yeah, all right, if you came into the shop, I got a grinding machine. It got all different course levels. It got like auto drip, uh French press, espresso. What else is on there? Like if you're doing a Chemex, uh, uh a pour over coffee. But I got different settings on my grinder mm -hmm. for however however you want the bag. Cause in 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 the, in the shop, I got whole beans. If you're leaving out, like, oh man, I don't got a grinder home. Like, oh no, we can grind it for you. Right. Once you purchase the coffee, we'll grind it for you. So you can use it whatever which way you want to take it home. Only thing I, I don't have is K cups. Everybody keeps saying, you need to get K cups. I, yeah. K yeah. I don't, I don't. K cups is a manufacturing thing, though. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So But they do, they do got the K cups where you can put it in yourself, you know, like um you buy it at the store and then you could kind of yeah. put in the Whatever. Yeah, the, the reusable ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reusable ones. I tell people all the time. I was like, man, if you want to, you know, if you want to support me, man, 
I can grind it up for you. You just got to get the reusable K cups. Like, oh, man, I don't even want. Like, listen, you really don't want to. You really don't want to support, man. You know what I mean? Got to support. Got to support. Make support. it. Make it. Make it happen, man. You know what I'm yeah, saying? We do it. We do it. We do it at other stores. You know. So yeah. I think that's important, man. And all the all the all the work that you're putting in to make sure this is black owned, this is black owned. We have to do the work um, instead of saying, oh, we need more black owned this and that. And then we're presenting this is black owned. We can't yeah. just turn the other cheek all of a sudden be like, well, yes. they don't got the K cups. Well, yeah. it's a little bit right. expensive. We well, find reasons. You know? <laughs> right, we find reasons. Yeah, we always man. find a reason not to support other than the fact of to support, you know what I mean? Like that's that's just our culture. That's just our nature of the beast. Yeah, and it's a bad, it. it's bad nature of the beast. But that's that's the world. That's that's how we. I mean, we raised. So yeah, we gotta change that up, man. I feel like if it ever comes out of your mouth where we gotta support more black businesses, you better yeah. be implementing that yourself and practicing yeah. that yourself, and not just like, oh, we gotta support. Who's the we? Why not? Yeah. I? <laughs> yeah, right? You know, more so, to. we is more so as a deflection. Like, yeah, man, we need to. We need no. They talking about y'all. Cause I was still here <laughs> in this white neighborhood. Get this white money. You know what yes, man? sir. Yes, sir. Definitely, man. Um, yeah, that's that's great work, man. Just everything, man. Um, figuring out, you know, investing into all of that and making it your own is a great yeah. thing, man. Um, and that's you even got you even got clothing stuff too, right? Uh, Black Bucks is. Is is that your clothing apparel? Nah, that 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 was that that's 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 more so like uh, a gimme thing. Me and my homeboy do. Uh, like he's an artist, and actually that was his. That's not that's not mine. That was his, but I partnered with him on it. It was supposed to be a fundraising a thing he was going to do with black coffee shops across the country, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Listen, for every you know, what I mean." If you sell shirts or you sell mugs, whatever proceeds will go all 100% or like, I think it was like 50% goes to the coffee shop, you know, and he hit up black coffee shops, but none of them replied back. None of them wanted to work with him. Mm -hmm. They left him on red. And then that's around that time he was trying to start that campaign is when I publicized that I was opening my cafe. And he was like, man, listen, he's like, you my bro. So he's like, man, nobody answered me back. You want to do it? I said, hell yeah, I want to do it. <laughs> and he wanted but to support the so business. I, wanna help, I wanted to help him, and I liked uh-huh. it, the Black Bucks coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, I liked it. So, liked it. So I was like, yeah, man, I'll help you out. And he was like, nah, listen, this is for you. He said, anything we sell, anything we make, it's all 100% yours. So I was like, That's cool. Yeah. yeah, it was cool, but you can go on a website and still like buy clothes, t-shirts, hoodies, stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So, so Black Bucks apparel, like that stuff, is still it's still up. It's still available for people. Yeah, that- you can still buy. It. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah, if you go on our Instagram, if you go on Good Brothers Book Cafe Instagram and click on our link tree, you'll see like you can still go click on the uh, the tab for it and go right to the website and order a sweatshirt, t-shirt, hoodie. Anything, so it's still there, available for everybody. Cool, support black businesses. Let's <laughs> just talk about it, folks. Yeah. All right, um, let's talk about the book side, man. Um, I know it's it's one and the same for you, just starting up the company and everything. But um, what has been the response with the book for um, portion of it? You know, um, one thing is like not that you said, you know, not that there wasn't a, a black owned 
coffee shop at all, not even, but mixing it with the bookstore. And then generally when we drink coffee, we don't really engage into all the details that we just talked about with the quality of the coffee, where it's coming from, all this kind of stuff. And not only that, you know, now that you're doing it, you also have the, uh, the book portion of it, man. So what, what do people, what, what do people expect from you guys, like as far as the books that you sell and, um, you know, the, the, the things that occur in the, in the coffee shop with books. Oh, it's, it's love, man. I be like, I, I'm, I'm, I basically sold out of a lot of books. I got to order. I got to put in a big order to get some more books, like business, business kind of slowed down a little bit. Like then when we first opened, but I got to get some more books in, but, uh, they be buying them up. I don't know if they read them or not. They be buying them <laughs> up. Like, honestly, because I get, I get authors, I get a lot of authors people never even heard about. Now, they're, they're, you'd be surprised. There'd be white people coming in there and telling me about black authors I never even heard about. You yeah, know I man? think it's a misnomer when people say that black pe- white people don't know black culture and don't know about black. No, they know They've been it. studying black stuff for a long yeah. time, man. <laughs> they listen, they sit there. But no, they, see, but they appreciate, one thing about it, like, if you get the right white people, they appreciate good anything. I don't care if it's black, white, Asian, whatever. If you can write or you can sing, you can dance, they appreciate it. But, you know, everybody want to be inclusive a little bit too now in this last two, three years. Mm. So they're getting a little bit more attention to black culture. But like I said, the authors they mentioned are good authors. So it's not a knock on the author saying that like, oh, white people just want to be down. Like, no, this author is actually pretty good if you take the time to actually read them. Black people don't read. White people read. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Well, no, black men don't read. Oh, hit us up with that. Black men men don't read. Black men statistically are the worst, worst red men in the country. You know what I mean? And you know who's the highest demographic? Black women. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Black black women are the most well-read demographic in the United States of America. Wow. And their counterpart is at the bottom of the barrel. Sheesh. So pretty much we got to yeah. step our game up. Pretty much. Yeah, black men <laughs> definitely have to step their game up because the most educated person in America is a black woman. Mm. The least educated person in America is the black man. Wow. But black men are starting to graduate college at a more rapid rate now than we were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So it's going to probably catch up more so in the next 20 years, but we still graduate college and, and, and everything at a far less rate than white men and Asian men, hmm. you know, but we're still slowly, you know what I mean? It'd probably be about four or five more generations before we probably, you know, make good numbers to where you can say like my grandkids came from a, a well-educated demographic you know what i mean gotcha yeah hopefully hopefully sooner than later no i'm talking about like my grandkids being like 30 40 and like where they can be like okay black men that are in their late 30s have so-and-so amount of education behind them you know what Mm -hmm. i mean not like okay you know what i mean then their kids can grow up and be like or their grandkids which would be like my great great grandkids when i'm probably dead and gone can be like okay we are finally having numbers 
you know, I mean, if the world's still around and, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah, what, what you just said is super important, man. Just having yeah. that vision for the future, because what you could have said is, you know, black men are undereducated and we need to do better. And you guys yeah. are guns out there and you got to accept it. Yeah. But you're thinking about the future. You know what? Nah. We're getting better in yeah. 30, 40 years. We can improve to this in another 30, 40 yeah, years. Because I think that's increasing. important, man. Yeah, that's the numbers are increasing. Like people, people got to understand, like the numbers aren't stagnant. Like it's not like you got to realize we, how are you? Uh, 31, 31. Okay, you my age, yeah. So you got to realize we came from, you know, the crack era, the, the gang era, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, information wasn't that much available to us. We didn't have internet like that. So these kids are actually really smarter than us already than we were at their age. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So with technology and everything like that. So they already know, like, they're already well-equipped to maybe go to college and, and, and succeed before we ever was, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we actually had to do the work. They already got like half the work done. So I already see like the future is brighter for black men or the black culture as a whole, because these kids are woke. Like this, this internet has, has awakened a beast within them, you know, and they're not going to make the same mistakes. Our parents, grandparents did, you know, like, they're pushing back. They're like, yo, we're smart. We're here and we're going to be taken serious. So, yes, sir. And it's, it's up to people like you that's doing what you're doing to hold them down, too, and let them know they got a safe space. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That they can go that's, to. And, that's definitely the cafe. The cafe is definitely a safe space for them. You know what I mean? I, I want them all to come there and just, you know, just come look at it. Look, just look at it. I don't, people are like, oh, man, I, just come look at it. Just come look at it history this is like this month this month should be a museum one day you know what i mean it will like, be they'll hit <laughs> it up in the uh the national black museum man yeah like, cafe. yeah <laughs> this, is, this is history man like that's my thing like this history like you gotta be you gotta just come appreciate a part of history for your city but that's neither here nor there so yes sir so with, with the books um hit us up with some some authors that that people are interested in right now, some books, um, and then some some of the ones that people don't really know about, but that are really good. Man, I have to go through my phone. Hold on, oh, my phone. I know you mentioned before. Um, what is it? Hood hood feminism, hood feminist. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hood, hood feminist. Oh, I'm about to go through my. Hold on. Let me see. All right, we got. Well, Sister Soldier's new book came out. You What's got, the name of her new book? Life After Death. Okay. You got Colson Whitehead. He wrote The Nickel Boys and Underground, uh, The Underground Railroad. You got Hood Feminism by uh, Mickey Kendall. Mm-hmm. You, you got Ibram K. Kendi, the guy, he writes a lot about like uh, how to how to be an anti-racist. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you got Isabel Wilk- Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cicely Tyson's book is out. Mm. You know, her memoir that she wrote, well, that got published uh, two days before she passed away. Mm-hmm. LeBron James got a great children's book. Uh, you got Charles Blow, The Devil You Know. Obama's actually a great writer. A lot of people sleep on him. Nah, he is. He is. He is. Yeah. Sure. A lot of people sleep on him. His, his new book is pretty thick, though. 
I looked into yeah. it. I'm like, I, I need some time to, to really get into yeah, this. Yeah, one. You got to sit down with that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, who else? You got you got Tiffany Jackson, grown. You got Stacey Abrams, you know, the, the great Stacey Abrams from Georgia. She wrote, mm. she wrote about four books. And somebody actually told me she wrote, she got she got a lot of black love novels. Really? That, that she wrote under a pen name. Mm. She wrote, she wrote a few other books that I didn't even know. I gotta actually figure out, I gotta remember that name because I wrote it down somewhere. But Stacey Abrams writes under a pen name and she writes love novels. Or yeah, that's like, yeah. That is interesting. Like, nah, like when I found that out, I was like, wow, that's crazy. I never would have known that. Like politician like writing love novels and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean, you got Candace Cardi Williams. She wrote Queenie. That's a new book that's out right now. Probably kids in your school will probably like this called Black Enough. Black enough. Who who wrote that? Yep. Stories of being young and black in America by mm. Ruby Zobi. Really? No, Ruby Zo Zobu. Yeah, Ruby Zobu. I'm gonna look into that one for sure. Yeah, black enough. Stories of being young and black in America. Mm. Okay. Yeah, man. Those that, are that, those that, are some that's heavy. Actually, a good book. A lot of like college kids was coming to get from me. Mm. You know. Yeah, those are but, some heavy hitters and some that we haven't even heard, man. Um, yeah. Well, that's these. That's what I'm saying. Like, these are the books I be trying to get. Like, okay, it's easy to go get Obama and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's easy to go get that. I want to get books like people never heard of or never even thought of, authors you didn't even know about. And, and you know, Concrete Rose, Angie, Angie Thomas. She's actually the one that wrote uh, The Hate You Gave. Oh, the hate you give. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big yeah, fan yeah. of the hate you give, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I've, I've read it. I've read it. Definitely read it and dissected. Yeah, like the movie. Um, the movie was better than the book. You know, um, to you for real. Yeah, because the book like was <laughs> the book for me was like, all right, you're gonna hit us up with all the uh, you know all the stuff about the hood and and these different characters, but where's the Where's the characters that, you know, my son, my daughter that's reading this would want to be like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 that's what you're saying. And the hood ain't like that. It's not, it's not like all these characters have all this baggage, man. There's some good dudes in the hood. There's some good, there's some good uh, girls and women in the hood. It was real cliche. Yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't really. America loves black trauma. Yeah, that's exactly how I would describe it. And yeah. um, that's that's one of the things I really just don't like about the book. There are some positive things, I guess, that kids are attached to with the book. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I think that for me kills it, man, because yeah. I have to take some positivity and extract this out of the book and some hope mm-hmm. and letting people know, like, you know, there's some good black people in these areas, despite the uh, you know situations. And I don't think, um, you know, she did a good job identifying that, you know. No knock to her, but I'm just 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 my opinion of the book itself, you know. But yeah, nah, man. Um definitely got some some heavy hitters in 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 the book category, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so uh the uh people that work in the cafe, like you hire a lot of a lot of teenagers, right? Like in the uh, one's a teenage house of vegans was more teenagers. The cafe. My two employees is in her mid twenties. 
Mm-hmm. And then my my one employee that came over from House of Vegas, he's 17. So it's okay. like in between. But I, I will hire. I'll hire anybody that want to work. It's like, bro, you ever want to work, <laughs> want to learn, good customer service. Because that would be the first thing they knock us for is like, oh, she was smart. She was mean. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't deal with sassy and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. That's and one all thing that. I think we got to improve on is our communication skills, man. Nah, we got to. People got to improve on their communication skills with us. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times people come in a black establishment expecting something that's probably not even there. You're more shocked when you get good customer service at my space than if my cus- if my employees were mean to you, like, this is what I already knew. This is why I don't come here. <laughs> so when people leave Good Brothers or when they used to leave House of Vegans, they'd be like, yo, your employees are so nice. Like, that'd be like their first Yelp and Google review. The employees are so nice. Oh, my God. It was so pleasant being there. They were so helpful. And I'd be like, that's what they remember. Like, you remember how somebody makes you feel. You always mm-hmm. remember how somebody makes you feel. So I always try to preach it on, be nice, be nice, be nice. I will fire this shit out of you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, sir. Because I, we don't need that stigma. Because once that stigma starts, it's hard to get off you. Like once that one post get out, bad customer service, bad customer service. That's oh, it's crazy. Yeah, man. It's crazy nowadays. Like you see one post. There. Like nobody can ever say they came to any one of my businesses so far ahead bad customers, like outright bad customer service. Mm-hmm. It might have been a misunderstanding between like you and the employee because like these masks that we wear, you can't understand each other and, you know, it'd be busy, but it's never was like, ah, oh, what you want? Da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? It's never been none of that. Mm-hmm. It's never been, nobody got smart. Nobody never, nobody never greeted you. You know what I mean? And a lot of times people be like, people be want you to be like, do a tap dance like duh, 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 duh. how you doing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Like, man, they said hi, hi, how you doing? Like people be watching you like, hey, how you doing? What's up? <laughs> like, like, come on, calm down, man. Like, for real, gotta that's be real. Gotta keep it real, man. Yeah, but that's how they that's how they leave out, man. They be like, oh my god, everybody greeted me, and I'm there every day. So when they be like, you're the owner, I'm like, yeah. Like, oh my god, the owner's standing out here talking to me. Like, yeah, I'm a regular customer. Like, because, you know, you go to certain spots, like the general manager would never come out and talk to a customer. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yep, yep. So, so when businesses come to, when people come to a business, even though we're a small business, and they're like, that's the owner. The owner's sitting out here talking to all, like, I, I sit out there and be talking to, like, all the customers. Hey, how you doing? Every time I see kids, I always mess with the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, if a kid want to come back, the parents will come back. You know what I mean? Mm. So I always make kids feel real welcome. Like, oh, mom, I have so much fun there. Can we go back? And they're like, shit, hell yeah. I want some coffee anyway. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, yes, sir. Speaking of kids, too, man, um, I know you mentioned before that you didn't do too much reading when you was growing up, man. Um, and part of what your, your initiative is is te- teaching, um, you know, literacy in regards to reading and improving yeah. these kids' literacy skills, man. So, mm-hmm. um how do you go about doing that? And then what advice do you have for that black boy, black girl that hits you up with the man, I don't really like reading and it's whack and it's boring. Find, and- <laughs> find a book that you do like. I, 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 I'm very, I'm very now 
even with my own sons. Like, that's why I say I'm learning how to, I'm always learning how to be a better parent. But, uh, like, just give them books, give them stuff that, you know what I'm saying? Like, if if, if they're in the sports, give them the, give them the sports illustrator to read. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. read something, read something. Like, it don't always have to be a book, just read. Like, some of them best, the best CEO, CEOs in the world are always reading. It don't have to be an actual novel. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a how-to book or 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 an empowerment book. You know, read the Wall Street Journal. Read, read, read the comics in the back. Just read. You know what I mean? Just continually read, and then you'll pick up your knack for what you want to read. And that's that was my thing. Like I read newspapers all the time. I sit down and open magazines, and, and I read a full article. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like just. Just take the time to read, like really sit there and read and, and, and read different levels of writing, you know, from kid books to college level. Yeah. And I actually, uh, I'm actually, I actually got uh, offered to be a columnist for a magazine in my city. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do book reviews, African-American book reviews. Ah, Okay. So I'm going to be a columnist in a, in a few months, few weeks. My first one's due in July. Mm. But it's going to be based upon my book club's books. So okay. I was yeah, speaking, I got, let, let's talk about that, man. Um, you have yeah, your book got, club that you that's do. That's where the that, came for the books for the cafe, actually. Ah, okay. I started, I, me and two of my friends started the all-black male book, book club. Okay, uh, no ladies, no ladies? Nah, no, no ladies invited. They got their own. Club. <laughs> <laughs> ladies be like, "What? We what mean yeah. the feminist? Feminists gonna be mad at you, bro?" <laughs> nah, they can be. They got their own club. Okay, all right, cool. I'm um, mad at them. You know what I mean for excluding me. So don't get mad. <laughs> don't get mad because the one black male book club just didn't let you in this one time. You'll be okay. You know what I mean? You'll be fine. <laughs> so, um. um so yeah, well, what made you guys decide to do that, man? And then what what have been some of the heavy hitters in the book club? Uh, we 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 only on our fifth book, fourth book, fifth book. We're on our fifth book now. We just started. We started around the same time. I got the name. the 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 the, the name for the the cafe came from the name of the book club. Good Brothers. It's called Good Brothers Book Club. Mm. And the cafe is called Good Brothers Book Cafe. <laughs> Interesting. So what's a good yeah. brother, man? What's a good brother? A good brother is a man, is a black man trying to do good in the community, but also recognizes the struggles and and, and the journey our culture has been through. But he's not naive to it. And also, it's just the fact that, like, it's a way of just showing love. Like, yo, what up, good brother? Like, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, what's up, good brother? But you know, that man's like conscious of each other's emotions. We're conscious of, you know, what it means to be a a, a black man in America in 2021 and mm. the journey we went through. So it's like, hey, what's up, good brother? Like, hey, man, peace, peace. Good brother, how you doing? And then you just continue on with your day. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. Man, I feel like you're involved in like everything, man. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, you seem to be like, I guess, on a journey towards, I mean, we we talk about mastery on the program all the time, man, just Mm -hmm. achieving mastery and getting, you know, being on that journey. So uh, in your opinion, uh, what, what is, uh, what does it take? I think, uh, you know, for people that 
are interested in mastering some of their fields or going towards that route? What what do you think it takes to to master the things that you try to do or um, you know master your field? Master yourself. Mm. You, gotta, you understand who you are first. Like what? It, what, what like because I, I think of mastery sometimes as perfection. Like can we really be a full time master or be full time perfect? Not in a sense, but can I master who I am? Can I master what I give to my field or the game? You know, like, let me understand everything about myself and what I want to do. And, and then I can, you know, help teach the world that, like, I'm still learning about who I am every day at, at some times and how I go about things and how I adjust everything. You know, because every day is different than yesterday. So I think of that like that. Like, can I master myself first? Because like, mm. I'm a world, I'm a world of emotions, man. Like, <laughs> that makes yeah. sense, man. I think that's that's the beginnings, man. The beginnings yeah. of mastering yeah. anything else, and we talk about that on the program, man. Mastering yourself, for sure. Yeah. All right, I wanted to dive into you a little bit more. Um, so we got a quick activity called "What's Your Favorite." Uh, so okay. you could you could be brief about it if you want to, or you can elaborate. It's up to you. Um, gotcha. So, what is your favorite type of coffee? My coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know you. You know we got we got the uh, we got the espresso, we got the regular coffee, we got the lattes, okay, 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 we got the okay. macchiatos. What are we favorite. talking about? <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. I'm a, right now. I'm an iced coffee drinker. Okay. Yeah, I'm an iced coffee guy. Like, I'm I'm real big on iced coffee. I actually just switched to cold brew. I like cold brew now too. You know what I mean? So, all right, no sugar, no 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 no. Well, I, I, I'm plant based. I'm vegan, so I'm more of like coconut, oat almond milk. <laughs> nah, oat. I do oat. I do oat, oat more. I've never tried oat. I'm like sometimes I'm afraid to try things. Like when I'm so used nah, to something, it's just it, it's no different. It's it's really no different. Like. It ain't like Odie, you know what I mean? Like, it ain't like, <laughs> like you eating a bowl of oatmeal or something like that. It's no different for real, so you won't even pay attention to it. I gotta you know? hit that up. Okay. Yeah, try oat milk. Like, trust me, you you be like you once you start drinking oat milk, you won't go back to almond. Yeah, I've tried the oat. I mean, I've tried the the almond. I've tried the the coconut. I um, like the cashew. Um, Macadamia. Oh, Macadamia is disgusting. I tried Macadamia. Yeah, I knew somebody that made that. I knew somebody that made it fresh, and I was like, "That just sound nasty." <laughs> Not the and, best. Oh, and, 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 if if y'all got it, try ripple ripple milk. Ripple milk. Yeah, it's what is that? Not, it's plant based milk that that's been out for like a year or two now. It's good. It's good. Okay. Okay. It's called ripple. Got it. R I P P L E. It's a plant based milk. Trust me, it's non-dairy, no nuts, no nothing. Like it's it's good. Check it, it out. Check it out. Nut allergy, yeah. Okay. All right. I use that too at the cafe. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Favorite treat from the restaurant? I know you guys got a lot of pastries and things like that. Yeah, man. Our we I, I got a new baker now, but my old baker she used to make these vegan coffee cakes. That was crazy. I used to eat like two, three a day. I used to eat my whole pot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I gotta stop. But then when I started, I started getting back in, into exercise and fitness again. Uh, I, I kind of cut them out. But I eat like one a week now. But now I got a new baker. So I'm about to see what she's bringing through and, you know, check her out. Got you. Got you. 
All right. Your favorite uh, vegan meal. Your favorite vegan meal. Slap box. <laughs> <laughs> <My food. laughs> All right. Yo, when slap, I, I might slap burger. <laughs> I might hit up um, you know, good brothers at some point, man. I wanna hey, I wanna try a slap oh, burger when I get over there, man. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, just to let me know. I got yes, you. Sir. Yes, yeah. sir. All right, your uh favorite children's book by a black author. Uh Hair Love. Hair Love. I love Hair Love. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, my daughter my daughter and I read that one. Um, okay. yeah, man. Your favorite book. Uh, I guess adult book by a black author. Uh, I like. I say the Water Dancer by Tanashi Coates. Hmm. I read three quarters of that book and it just, yeah. it just didn't hit me. I don't know why, but nah, nah. That, I just it that's part. That's the first book in my book club, and I like that, so I just get that one. Uh, I feel like now. I'm no, I'm not gonna spoil it, but I. It just kept. It just took too long to get into like the war, yeah. like what the secret yeah. was behind the water dance, and I was like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, like I said, man, like they love trauma, man. Like I'm tired of slavery books. I'm tired of Jim mm. Crow era books. I'm tired of you know what I'm saying like trauma. I'm tired of black trauma. Like all these new shows that came out, I ain't watched none of them. I ain't watched Judas and, and the Black Messiah. Likewise, likewise. I think yeah. I think it has an impact on your mental health. You know what I'm saying? I'm on our mental health, looking at all the trauma. And that's why, like I, I was mentioning that I'm not a fan of the hate you give, because I think it just repeats that trauma yeah. and it doesn't give you anything good. Back, they got, you know, they got that new show them out on Amazon Prime. Yeah, oh, I saw that, too. Never watch it. It's, it's uh, you know, white people treating black people bad. Never. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 already see that in the reality, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I think like, like some of the show? authors, some of the but authors, then it then it then it got a Jordan Peele type of direction to it, and you know he's real sadistic in his head, like <laughs> got a get out type. They got like a get out us dual. That's thing. the first thing I thought about with that. Like them, I'm talking about us yeah. or them? Or yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm nah, yeah. us is them. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm yeah. It's yeah. too triggering. It's too triggering. Like my mental can't take it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, man. From the the police violence you see and all this stuff in the you know in the news, too much. and now you watching a television show about it. You watching a movie about it, like Dante. Dante, what's what's his name? Right, Dante Wright being murdered. Like it's too it's too much, man. Murder porn. Yeah, I think uh, black authors, man, definitely. You know, we need some positivity. We need some visions of the future. That, that that's why I, I try to open this shop because I want to show like we're not all black trauma. Everything's yeah. not civil war, slavery, Jim Crow, crack era. You know what I'm saying? We got imaginations. We got Harry Potter's with black characters. We got space cadets. We got you know what I'm saying? We got unicorns and magical ponies and all type of stuff. Like, but. We don't always got to be one dimensional and talk about how bad the black experience has been in America. I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired mm. of it. And, it, and it, it hurts sometimes. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, man. And yeah. it's important to know about it for sure with the nonfiction, I think. But when we dive into the fiction, come on, man, give us some creativity. Give us yeah. just what you just said, man. Like you, you're giving That's us fiction. Like, there's so much, <laughs> there's so much out there. And then a lot of these books too right now, like, and don't get me wrong, a lot of these YA books that I mentioned or that I would bring up, they're all about like 
black young black girls going to white schools or oh. young, young black girls going going home and mom and dad ain't the best and you know and I'm like I'm tired of it. I'm, they, they're great books. Well, I give I commend all the authors and they sell. They sell. They sell. They sell, but they it's it's the same thing. It's trauma. It's black trauma. And I my mental can't hold it. Like I like to be positive now. You know what I mean? Nah, likewise, man. That's why I like with those books. I'm not really a huge fan because there's the positivity at man. We already know. We already know some of the stuff. And some of the stuff, like I said, is not accurate. There's some good dudes in the hood. Like there's some good brothers. There's some good brothers. You know, there's some good women out there, man. There's always some good brothers in the hood. Exactly. So we gotta identify them as well without Mm -hmm. putting all the all the That's why I'm gonna write a book called Good Brothers. Ooh, okay. Okay. (laughs) All right, hitting this up for the future. Let me know, man. I'll be the first to cop that. Huh? I said, I'll be the first to cop that. Let me know. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good Brothers, about a black man doing good in the hood. That's that's what it's all about, man. That is what it's all about. All right. Speaking of doing good in the hood, um, you do a lot of programs uh, in your your cafe uh, for the community and things like that. I know you just did a, you just did an open, open mic. Um, Yeah, that was love. That was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do a whole bunch of other stuff, man. So what are what have been some of your favorite, you know, programs or activities that you've done, like in the, in the cafe? Read into the kids. I read to some second graders, second and first graders, man. That was the, the open mic was fun. That was that was good for adults. I, I didn't even realize like these these two. Well, speaking about the open mic, these two kids came up. They're not well, they're kids to me because they're 19 and 18 years old. But legally, they're men. You know what I'm saying? But they looked like kids, all right? Damn, they're kids their age. So uh, they could rap. It was like, I was like, yo, these look like some corn. They, they, they look like they could rap. They could rap. <laughs> like, they could rap. And it, and it was shocking because I'm like, yo, y'all can really rap. Like, and I don't, I didn't think they could rap. And when they put their song on and they started rapping, I'm like, yo, these dudes really could rap. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know what I mean? So that, that was a shocker. But I had fun read into the kids because it, I got to be real animated. They gave me a lot of feedback. I was telling all type of crazy stories that was so made up. And they was like, you're lying. I was like, oh, no. I was like, how you going to tell me what my truth is? If I said I had a dinosaur, I had a dinosaur. You can't <laughs> tell me I never had a dinosaur. And they're like, ain't no dinosaurs. It was just so fun. It was uh-huh. real fun. The kids was great. And I was like, we got to do this like once a month. You know what I mean? Like before I get too busy or feel like, you know what I mean? Like the world's getting too much. I was like, I'll do this once a month or I'll get, you know, one of my employees to read to y'all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, like if I'm out of town, they're like, oh, we want to read this week or something like that. I get somebody to read to y'all. But I enjoyed it. So that that was that. That's something I continue and be like perfectly fine with. Just anytime kids want to come down from any school, like I read, I read anytime. So I have fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I got a spoken word. Oh, yeah, that's my next event. Okay. A little little spoken word, poetry, rapping. But like I said, these kids can rap. If you you have any special, special talent, man, let us know, man. We'll set them up for an interview, man, if they, if they, if they really about it. Oh, rapping? Spoken word. Um, Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the future too, we do. Um, 
in the future, future, like we, we do want to do like an open mic kind of thing on the program where we'll have. Oh, I got a homeboy that's nice. Yeah, man. So we'll we'll set yeah. that up in the future, man. We'll definitely set yeah, that up. Yeah, yeah. I got a homeboy that, that love to come on y'all show and, 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 and recite some of his stuff. He's actually nice because he's shocked. Listen, I didn't know he wrote poetry. And he's like, bro, when you gonna do open mic? I was like, bro, like the end of the month, I think I'm gonna do it. He's like, yo, I, I got some poems I want to recite. I said, you write poetry? <laughs> <laughs> when that start? You know what I mean? It was shocking. I was like, when yeah. that start? He like, man, I've been writing, man. Just that nobody. That's he went that nice, man. Yeah, he went down to Philly like two weeks ago, and, yeah, and funny. performed mm-hmm. and performed in Philly. I was like, yo, that's cold. Like, that's cold. Yeah, some of the best rappers start off like that, man. I remember Nas was yeah. saying in one of his interviews, he was embarrassed about his book of rhymes, man, like his book of poetry, because it yeah. kind of would make him seem like he was soft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he didn't really tell too many that's people. How Tupac about. is. Yeah. Tupac wrote poetry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hey, man. that's that's dope. Yeah, I like to hear from him, man. Definitely. Yeah, he's um, nice, man. He he shocked me. He shocked me. And like, I'm he's a I'm young a buck. Friend. How, how like, old is he? He's thirty three. He he, okay. he 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 older than me. Yeah, he's he thirty three. But okay, he's been my bro since I was like two. My dad used to date his mom. Like, back <laughs> so, All right, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to a few um some stuff from him, yeah, man. Um, I got you. All right, cool. Uh. What is your favorite thing about your town, man? <laughs> too much. <laughs> too much. But it's, it's a good spot, man. It's a good spot. You know, small small city, small town feel. Everybody know everybody. Everybody cool with everybody, pretty much. We all went to high school together. Well, in the city. In the city, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's a little tight-knit, like, you know what I mean? But it's opportunities and you know I mean, if you're doing something good, people will get behind you. Gotcha. If they, really, if they really see that. Okay. All right. Um, and then lastly, what is your favorite part about being a father? Uh, uh, watching them grow up, watching them be like develop their own personalities. That's like the most interesting thing I noticed about being a father is like, dang, man, like, Regardless of what I can teach you, what I can show you, you're still going to take your own perspective from the world. Mm. And it's going to shape them and mold them. Anything I want to show them or that mom want to show them, it affects each kid different. You know what I mean? Like that 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 study, like nature versus nurture. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, three kids can grow up in the same household, but they're all completely different. Same mom, same dad, same parents. Same household experience, but they all took it differently. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's just like all of them shaping their personalities and then watching them grow into the kids I know today. You know, it's like, right. man, how, why is y'all so different? But yet the same. Like all my siblings, we completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's fast. That's the fascinating part about parenting, man. It's just implementing, you know, you implement some of the same things and then you watch the results become different, you know? It's crazy. But um, speaking of that, man, um, as far as parenting, you're, you're raising five black boys to become black men. So what are some things that you definitely want to leave them with, like skills or whatever it is, lessons, gems that you want to give them um, on their journey um, to manhood, man? So when, when, when they leave your household that they have. Hard work does pay off. I don't get that when nobody say. <laughs> you know, mm. uh, 
if you say you're going to do something, be about it, do it, uh, respect. You know, I try to teach my sons about, you know, being like a respectable man in a sense of like when you walk into a room, they know who you are, what you're about, and that you're a man of your word. That's like my biggest thing. You know, if you say you're going to do something, always do it. And, you know, never, you know, never abandon, never abandon a mission if it gets hard. Like mm. that's, that's anything in life, you know, fatherhood, relationships, school, a job, everything's going to come with some type of downtime. It's how, how you effectively navigate through it without quitting. Right. You know, I had a wrestling coach back in the day because this this is kind of affected me too. affected me. Uh, my dad left and I was ready to quit wrestling. He is like, son, he always said, son, he's old dude, old black guy. <laughs> he's like, son, if you quit now, you'll always be a quitter your rest of your life. All right, what the hell are you talking about? I just don't <laughs> want to do wrestling this year. But I noticed, though just like my father. And that's what I said earlier about, you know, as much as we hate somebody, we become them because when my relationships got hard, like when I became a parent, when I became a teenage parent, I wanted to quit school. I wanted to quit my relationship with, with my son's mom. And I just wanted to run away and hide to where I was comfortable. And I was, I felt safe again now, you know? Mm. So it was more so like he all he told me that and I was like, man, that old man don't know what he's talking about. But every time something got hard, though, I run. I, I will always try to find comfortability somewhere else instead of addressing the problem. And it, it took me to my 20s to realize, like, I became my father, not in the sense of abandoning my children, but uh, abandoned hard times because it was too much pressure for me as a man or as a would be man. And I had to learn how to navigate through things now, like, okay, this job is tough. Stick it out. It can get better or just don't deal with certain stuff. You know, relationships go through dry patches or whatever. Yeah. Okay, stick, stick it out. You know, it could get better, stuff like that. And that's what I try to teach my kids. Like, we're not going to be quitters, not in the sense of sports, but in life. Things get hard, tough it out. You know, navigate through your emotions and figure this part out. Man, those are those are great gems, man. You gotta have yeah. some some good brothers, man. You gotta have some good yeah. brothers. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Um, all right. So you you've done so much already, man. Um, you know, we we've said first black quite a few times, man, um, which is mm -hmm. really building a legacy, you know, for yourself, man. I mean, outside of being the first black, um, what legacy do you want to leave behind when people say the word good brother? Um, and they think about, you know who you were and what you represented? Uh, just like good customer service, like good, good, good quality. Like even if my like House of Vegas didn't survive, but people always remember the food was good. The customer service was good. You know, it was just that it was a pandemic. People wasn't coming outside like that. But if mm -hmm. we ever came, but if we ever came back, they know what to expect there. You know what I'm saying? Right. It wasn't, it's not like, oh, that was bad anyway. So I'm kind of glad it's gone. It's like, man, no, I missed the food. I missed the customer service. 
it was black owned at that. So that even made it 10 times better because we don't get that a lot. And that's more so thing like, you know, like I basically followed through with all my plans, whether they was they turned out to be successful or they turned out to be learning lessons. You know, I don't look at things as failures. I met a guy last week, uh, Silicon Valley uh, investor. And he was like, my first two businesses failed. My third one is where I became successful at. Mm. So, so it's like you don't always strike gold, you know, the first swing. Sometimes you got to keep swinging. And the next you know, when you strike gold, you just got to be ready to handle the pressure and level up to meet, meet that expectation and standard, you know? Well so, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, that's my thing. Like, okay, House of Vegans failed the first time around. I know what I did wrong. I know what I need to fix, but I also know what I did right. I know what worked and what didn't work. Now, if I ever decide to bring House of Vegans back, like I said, people already knew we had good customer service. People already knew we had good food. It's more so like, okay, manage my money better, manage inventory better, manage employee operations and hours better. Make sure everything aligns together so that House of Vegans can stick around longer this time, you know? Right. And that's the main thing about it. Nobody really ever gets successful the first time around. That's an anomaly. So if you do, hey, that's even great for you. But if you don't, did you, you know what I mean? Did you get back on the horse or did you just, you know, walk away and say, all right, whatever. I'm going to get a pony now. I ain't getting a horse. <laughs> so, <laughs> well said, man. For yeah. sure, man. Nah, that's, that's those, those things are super important, man. Just sticking through it. And yeah. you've done that with, with good brothers, you know what I'm saying? Um, so that's 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 in the pudding right there. Um, all right, man, we've, we've gotten so many amazing gems about small businesses, you know, mm-hmm. and just the work that you do and everything, man, your story, man. I'm, I'm super motivated, man. Um, can you find, can you leave us with uh, your favorite quote or, you know, something that that means something to you that really sticks to you that you implement in your life? Yep. Nipsey Hussle. The highest act a human can. <laughs> what is it saying? The highest act, hold on, I'm going to make sure I get it correct. <laughs> Even though I know it, but I don't. Um, now we got, we got, to, we got you. Yeah, hold on, I'm about to get it. Don't want to chop it up. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on, what you say? No, I said you, you don't want to chop it up, you know. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. I heard no. Yeah. The highest human act is to inspire. Mm. Nipsey Hustle. That's like my, my favorite quotes, man. It's like anything I do, I want to be inspirational to people for, you know? Right. Yeah, I think just just this program, I think, has been definitely inspirational, man. We're talking about you being a team parent, not running away from responsibility. You know what I'm saying? You thinking about how can I do this better? How can I have my own? And then actually doing it and having your own. You know what I'm saying? And then having, how can I have more of my own? You know what I'm saying? And then how can I put my own people on? Like I think it's just, it's been a, a, a great ride um, just listening to your your, um, your life and uh, some of the things that you've been able not only to think about, but to implement, you know, in, in regards to business and ideology. And yeah, I'm super motivated right now, man. I'm hyped. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Um, where can people find you that are interested in supporting Good Brothers? And, you know, if they have questions, if they got, you know, some, some business questions, some small business questions, if they got some coffee questions, if they got some book questions, you know what I'm saying? If they got some vegan plant-based questions, where can they hit you up at? They can. Don't look for me. Say no, nah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> nah, you can find me on Instagram at realstefan underscore 717 or you can find me on Twitter at stephhawk08 you can find me on Facebook at Stefan D. Hawkins. Uh, my full name, S-T-E-F-A-N-D, Hawkins, H-A-W-K-I-N-S. I really don't accept everybody on Facebook, so you're better off just finding me on Instagram or Twitter and, and, and trying to connect with me there. Like Facebook's like real personal, so I'll be dropping. Uh, I don't let everybody into my space there. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So you can find me, and I'll probably maybe accept. I might not. So you just might y'all figure out if you're gonna get the luck of the draw that day. <laughs> you know yes, sir. We, we'll I say answer all questions though. Like if you DM me, if you find me and then you happen to DM me, I will answer your question. If it's business, plant-based coffee, you know, especially if you're looking for my coffee or good coffee, you know, I'm a I'm a point you in the direction of fifth acres. But if you just want to chop it up and be like, you know, you got an idea, you never know. Like I I I believe in investing. You know what I'm saying? Whether in the investments is monetary or knowledge based. You know what I'm saying? I still believe in investing in somebody. And I'm always down to answer questions for anybody that's really like trying to pursue entrepreneurship. A lot of times I'm like, listen, if, if you feel like it's not going to work, more likely it's not going to work. Continue to fine tune your thought process, continue to fine tune your idea. And, and then when you're ready to, you know, birth it to the world, jump out there you know but just be you know take whatever comes with it too so there it is there it is um well said man and again man i think your 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 gems on top of gems man i don't see any reason why people would not be hitting you up at least for some small business advice and kind of get that going if they want to start up a small business if not that um yeah yeah man so uh guys thank you for for listening today um i hope that you guys are inspired through the midst of the pandemic you know we got some black businesses excelling and not only excelling but putting other black people on um for more black business and let's help let's help the good brother grow man let's help the good brother grow i'm about to get my good brother's coffee very soon you know order my my coffee beans um and i'll keep everybody posted on how how it is man and Yes, sir. Yeah, um, definitely, man. Check check out my check out my website. What is what is your website? FifthAcresCoffeeCo.com. I need to shorten it. It's like kind of <laughs> too long. I need to just make it like Fifth Acres, but I need to say coffee. But I just need to say like Fifth Acres, something maybe FA Coffee or something. But see, that's that's part of the master the mastery process, man. The development, yeah, exactly. you know, what I mean fine tuning, fine tuning. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, hit, hit Mr. Stefan up, um, pick his brain. Um, I hope everybody is motivated and ready to go out there and get it done. No excuses. We talking about, um, you know, Stefan has five, five kids making it happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Teen parent making it happen, you know, yeah. so let's make it happen and let's, let's, let's go out there and get it done. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And let's remember the mind is the most powerful tool in the universe therefore if you can think it you can do it if you believe in it 
you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G, and I will see you next time on Mastermind.